The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South. Tailgating on Tiger Lane. Time three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. Alongside columnist Jeff Calkins, here's Mark Giannato. How's it going, Tiger football fans? Welcome to the first post-shad edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato. I'm joined by Jeff Calkins. As always, a big week here for Memphis football. Coming off a, a huge win over UConn and huge as in they scored 70 points. Um, but now, a huge test away, Navy. Uh, it's Navy week, and so uh, it's, Memphis has kind of been snake-bitten when it goes up against Navy the past two years, and, and this is obviously a game they need to have, really, if they want to win the AAC West division. Um, a lot of different things at play here. Obviously, Navy has their unique option offense, uh, kind of a rarity in college football these days. And But, you know, on the other side, Memphis has this passing attack that this past week against UConn really just, I mean, Riley Ferguson over three quarters had seven touchdowns, 431 yards. So Navy, just to, the test that Memphis faces going against Navy's offense, Navy also has a lot they're going to have to handle in terms of Memphis's passing offense. Jeff, I'm, I'm curious, as you see how this thing sets up, I think a lot of us, when the schedule came out, knew this game was going to be big and it's kind of lived up to that. What are your thoughts heading into this one? Well, yeah, I mean, I think we're, we've reached this point where it's, it doesn't take any genius to see that the next two games, Navy and Houston, will sort of define the course of the season. You would, you would have hoped um, in a perfect world uh, that they would have been able to get to this point undefeated. Uh, indeed, you can make an argument that if they'd been able to, they'd gotten to this point undefeated, that that uh, the game day could have been here because there's really no huge mashups in college football, and you've got Navy and whatever else. I mean, I and and yet you have the situation where it's, um, you know, it's it, it at least the West, the West is at stake, and this is a hurdle that they have not been able to get over. Yeah, you in, in a way you could say that they were snake bit against Navy, but the fact is is that the last two years, each of the last two years, really they've been they've been dominated. I mean, it was two years ago that Navy came into the Liberty Bowl and it felt like they had the, the ball the whole game. They ran the ball 66 times, 374 yards, and Memphis just couldn't get them off the field. And and that was the undefeated Memphis team, which was nationally ranked and all of that. And then last year, the 5-1, and one, they go into Annapolis, and really the numbers were worse. Um, Memphis was in the game till the end, but Navy ran the ball 74 times, 447 yards, and it was just the same thing. It is so incredibly frustrating um, to play this team. And so the, Mark Allman described it as a monkey that they have to get off their backs. And I think, I think that's really the case. They have to prove that they can stop Navy or outscore Navy if they can't stop them. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to give people a little background before I came to the commercial appeal. I worked at the Washington Post and for five years, I covered Virginia Tech football, and every year they played Georgia Tech, coached by Paul Johnson, and this is his offense. He used to coach at Navy. Numatololo was his offensive coordinator, and I remember talking to Bud Foster, the Virginia Tech defensive coordinator, about this offense, and yeah, I I remember I go, do you ever talk to Paul Johnson before the game? And and Bud Bud goes, yeah, I tell him what a pain in the tail he is every year, And, and that's really, this offense is just I mean, you don't see, you know, it's something you can't prepare for in terms of, 
you know, you just don't see it very much. Really only the service academies and Georgia Tech use it. Um, and just simulating it in practice is really hard. Like I was at practice today. We're, we're, we're recording this on a Tuesday. And um, you can just tell the scout team, you know, they're doing their best. But, like, I've been to several Navy practices. They're nowhere near running it at the speed and precision that Navy is. You know, it's just not, not even. Navy? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. No, but you know what I mean? They, they, I don't even yeah, think no. like you're. It, one, you're not getting it, no one can like you know Virginia Tech right. couldn't either you know that's like it's the, getting, even just the scout team part of it is a challenge um, but one the of the problem. things I always yeah, oh, no one of the things I always picked up from Bud the key to slowing down this offense as weird as it sounds you gotta stop the dive play if they can get four yards on that dive play it's over because then they can start going into all the other stuff you have to make them pitch the ball or go to the outside if they can get what they want on that dive play it's going to be a long afternoon and then obviously that's easier said than done because with their offense a lot of times they're willing to go for it on fourth down so really they only need three yards every carry but when I, yeah. I remember Bud Foster would always say you gotta stop the dive and, and and even though that's not like the most explosive play they have in that triple option it's really at the core of what you need to do and it's it's an assignment-based defense that you know everyone has to stick to their assignment. And and to that point, you know, on a dive play, it's one of the simplest plays in football. But against Navy, it's just easier said than done with all the different, you know, I guess gadgets and not really gadgets, but almost, you know, like bluffing that they do. They're just so good at like disguising the simplest play. Right. It's you know it's incredibly infuriating to, to, to watch and that you notice the teams that are the teams that sort of, I think that are physically dominant over them have an easier time. You know, they can blow up that play. Mm -hmm. um, and people talk about discipline and obviously that's the key to the whole thing, but it also, if you are overwhelmingly physically superior, that will take a toll over the course of the game. The problem is, is that a team like Memphis isn't overwhelmingly physical superior. And the other problem is, is that what you sort of hope, is that as you play Navy more and more and more, and you see this more and more and more, that gradually they'll figure it out. And that was sort of the hope this year. The problem is, is that most of many of the players who played um, in the games each of the last two years are injured. <laughs> and, so, um, and so you yeah. don't get the benefit of the hard lessons that you've learned each of, each of the last two years because it's a hell of a lot of freshmen and new starters who are going to be facing Navy, who are going to be learning about this torture chamber for the first time. And so um, that makes for a potentially a very long day. And then you have the further wrinkle. And Mike Rafael was very funny about this um, yesterday. But but against against Navy, and they, yeah, I mean, against the Air Force, which they played this past weekend, and Air Force, because they do play the same kind of offense, they can actually replicate this, and they have should have some idea how to stop it. So Navy just says, fine, we'll do the whole thing, everything we do, but we'll do it out of a shotgun. And, and Mike Norvell said he was basically throwing up watching this, and he was exaggerating. But I do think that's the, that's the test they face. Now, for all of that, Memphis is favored in this game. You know, I, I know. I was surprised. Were you surprised by that line? What's that? Were you surprised by that line, them four, four-and-a-half-point favorites? totally surprised by that line you cannot have watched the last two years 
and said, oh, yeah, Memphis got this. I mean, I'm not saying they can't win it because they can. And I think the way they can win it is they can outscore Navy. You know, they, it, it'll come down to if you can if you can stop them on a, on a key, a few key stops here and there, turnovers, honestly, which which this Memphis defense has been reasonably good at forcing, create some turnovers, stop them on them, and then basically score every damn time you get the ball, like 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 you did against UConn. Um, then you can beat them. But you could not have watched um, this the Memphis Navy game each of the last two years, and and said, oh, I'm going to set the line at whatever it is now, three and a half, four. Like, you just you cannot have done that because Navy dominated those games, and it's just as good a Navy team. You know, it's a ranked Navy team. Yeah, the quarterback changes every damn year, and everyone says this is what happens. Everyone says, yeah, well, that quarterback isn't back. It's just another quarterback who steps up and does the exact same thing. Like, it doesn't matter how many, how many yards did the quarterback have. Like, it was more than 200 yards rushing the quarterback had yeah. against Air Force. The, the, the pieces change, but the machine remains. Well, and here's some interesting stats. So Navy leads the FBS in rushing yards per game. They're averaging 414 yards per game. Um, but an interesting, another interesting stat, and something that this, you know, a lot of times you, you focus so much on the run, the run, the run, because that's really what they do. And obviously they gain over 400 yards a game. Navy is also leading the FBS in yards per completion this year. Um, they only have 16 through five games, but they, you know, every time they get 29.4 yards per completion. So they can get some big plays over the top when they suck you in, when you're focused on run, 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 run. And a guy, but I think what's going to be so crucial in this game is how Memphis performs on first and second down. They need to get Navy in third and seven or longer because it, I looked it up today. Navy is one of nine passing the ball on third down all year. They literally have one third down completion the entire season. So, you know, if there's a silver lining, it's for the love of God, get them in third and long. And even then they might be able to run for it because that offense well, is then, such a well-oiled machine. Yeah, the, the, there's a couple silver linings. One is the defense was better in the second half against UConn. Now that's getting few time. But – but but they did show some improvement after struggling in the first half. The second thing is, you're exactly right. Typically what's been happening in the Memphis defense is they'll get you in third and long, third and eight, third and nine, whatever, and then uh, the opposing team will complete a you know 21-yard pass for the first down. Well, maybe he's not going to do that. You're exactly right. They can hit a pass on second down when you're expecting the, 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 that they'll go up top. But when you know they're going to throw, they are much less effective at throwing. And so I think the, the, the problems that Memphis has had until really the second half um, of this past Friday night, the problems that Memphis has had of getting off the field on third down are largely related to have been largely related to their inability to stop the passing attack. And this will be a totally different uh, situation Saturday. And I think you're right. That is a, that is a silver lining in terms of the, the just the event itself. I I talked to Mark Alma, the deputy athletic director, and it's funny. The, the loss to Central Florida was demoralizing. I think it was demoralizing, sort of a setback to the players, and a little demoralizing to the fan base. And what you've seen in previous years is you occasionally see the fan base drop off once the undefeated season is gone and and whatnot. I think the UConn game restored a lot of enthusiasm. 
maybe brings a lot of people. It's going to be a, a beautiful day Saturday by all accounts. Um, and so what Alma said is he expects, you know, he, he thinks the crowd could rival the UCLA crowd. And um, so to me, yeah, this game is going to be a challenge for the University of Memphis, but it does at least, it, it also, it offers the prospect of another really fun Saturday at the Liberty Bowl. Hopefully they have enough water. Yeah, no, hopefully yeah, it's going to be a hot one. And a name to keep an eye on, on Navy for people, sophomore slot back Malcolm Perry. He is the one guy, when you watch Navy, he is the one guy on their offense who just jumps off the screen in terms of athleticism, speed. He's a former high school quarterback, so they can run trick plays with him. But he is averaging 13.8 yards per touch this year, whether it's receiving the ball or running the ball. He is a big play waiting to happen, and I think he's a guy Memphis is going to have to be focused on all game because they're going to be moving him around the field a lot. but it's going to be a really interesting game. I mean, the one thing you can say is, that you, like you said, these next two games, I mean, it's all right there for Memphis. They can, they can really determine their, you know, the rest of their season, the course of the rest of their season, starting with this game against Navy. Um, and they get them at home, and they're going to get them in front of, of a nice crowd on a nice day. Hopefully the heat will affect Navy more than it affects Memphis. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. A heck of a way to start my uh, – Hope uh, my temporary stay uh, on the football beat, that's for sure. Um, uh, so hopefully, no, Dorland Dor- yeah. Dorland Dorsey should be healthy. Dorland Dorsey is supposed to be healthy. You know, obviously was back Friday, looked good. And I think it's nice after after having some games where they struggled, to be honest. Riley Ferguson and Anthony Miller look as good as they have looked all year. I mean, both putting up huge numbers against UConn. And I, I think that helps, and it's a reminder of how explosive they can be. Um, and so, you know, there you have a situation where if there was a team that I can outscore Navy, it may well be Memphis because when they're firing all cylinders, um, you know, they have that kind of potential. And so maybe this is a year, finally get this thing off their back. And if so, it puts them in, in good position in the West. Yeah. And this Navy defense, by the way, is very, uh, beatable, I guess I would say. I mean, Air Force had their way with them this week. This is not a stout Navy defense. It's aggressive, but, you know, you Memphis is going to get yards. It's going to really – I, I think the key for the Memphis offense is going to be finishing off drives. And really, honestly, like as much as you want big plays, in this game you want long drives. I mean, I think one of the best defenses they're going to have is maybe trying to keep that Navy offense off the field. Because um, that's what Navy's going to try and do. They're going to try and keep Memphis's offense off the field. I think their best defense, in the same way, is going to be those long, churned-out, 15-play drives that they're known for. Um, so, well, we'll be back next week afterwards. Hopefully, we'll be dissecting a uh, Memphis win and talking about you know their chances for a West Division title. But until uh, then, I was Mark Giannato. I was joined by Jeff Calkins. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. Commercial Appeal.